Wow, thank you. I'm just going to pray again because we're going to just focus our eyes. Maybe that was a little too much of Cheryl. So let's just focus on Jesus. I love it, but I want to get us really clear on to his eyes. So God, we just come before you. God, you know why we came here. We came to be with you. And so God, we just ask, would you fill this room with the testimony of Jesus. I just ask for the spirit of prophecy to fill this room. God, I ask for each vessel here, each just open heart, God, that you would just freshly fill them with your testimony. I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. God, we, we desire that our hearts would be encountered and we would know you more and love you more from this time. So I ask, God, would you come with your power and come with your love and come with your goodness, God. I just pray that, Lord, use me to just affirm, confirm, testify to many in this room, God. This thank you. I thank you for every hungry heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going um, to go for it. I got invited just a few days ago to speak on spiritual warfare. Whoa. <laughs> it's not my favorite topic, but it's a good topic. Um, so I'm, ex yeah, he gave it to me. He's like, you know what, I'm just going to call Cheryl. So, um, but I'm excited to share. While he was sharing, I just want to give a quick dream about Pasadena and why Pasadena is so special and why even God has led you to Pasadena. Um, years ago, I, I was given a prophetic word that God was going to wake me up or whatever, and he was going to share with me. And so I had this dream, and in this dream, um, it's interesting, uh, people were trying to do something for the kingdom, and I woke up, and the Lord said, my people plot in vain. And I was like, um, those are about wicked kings. Why are you talking about your people? He's like, they think they can take my kingdom, but my kingdom is given. He said, wait upon me, wait upon me. And you know why people don't like to pray? Because they don't like to wait. We're a very demanding culture that likes it now. And we've now replaced asking, seeking, knocking with just declaring because we just don't like waiting. Waiting is painful. And I feel like the Lord has, he has commanded that we would wait. And you know how, <laughs> so I'm going to keep going. He goes, so he said, um, blessed are those who wait for me. And then he says, rejoice, tremble, kiss the sun. So he spoke straight out of Psalm 2. This is all Psalm 2. But he said, remember Bethel, remember Bethlehem, remember Bethany. They're a little outside of Jerusalem, but they greatly impacted her. This is what Pasadena is to me. He said, it's a little outside of Los Angeles, but it will greatly impact her. You did not choose Pasadena. I chose Pasadena. <laughs> and I feel like some of you, you wanted to be in the heart, maybe in Hollywood or whatever, and God's led you to Pasadena. It seems weird. But he has chosen it, and Bethany Bethel... <laughs> And um, Bethlehem, it's interesting why all of those, I could go, that's another message. I'm going to let you explore it, but rejoice, tremble, kiss the sun corresponds with that. Like that's a type of worship that God's going to have come out of Pasadena, and this includes this church. And also, he, it's interesting, Bethlehem's where things are birthed, 
right? Bethel is where God encounters people, and Bethany is where we encounter, like, we encounter God in Bethel, like the high mountains, but intimacy happens in the homes, right, of Bethany. And so I just feel like there's lots there, but I give it to you. You've come to a church in Pasadena. It might have been like, why am I here? I want to touch Hollywood. I want to touch Los Angeles. There's a purpose. And um, it's interesting that I, I, I did all the measurements, and it's exactly the same. It's like, it's exactly the same. Bethany to um, Jerusalem, from here to, yeah, it's crazy. I was like, God knows it's geography. Okay, amen. <laughs> so spiritual warfare. Now, spiritual warfare is not a new thing. It's an old thing. It started at the very, very beginning. So at the very beginning, there was an adversary that didn't want us to come into, to keep right relationship with God and right, right relationship with people. He immediately created this whole type of separation between us and God and between us and people. Not, from the very beginning, this has been a strategy. And he, he uses very conniving ways to do it, but he's always been there. And, you know, if I was God, I would have handled it differently. I would have. <laughs> and I'd be like, why are you doing it this way? Now, I believe because in, when there's a new heaven and a new earth, the sun will always shine. There will be no darkness. I believe he knew there was going to be darkness. <laughs> and you're like, what? Because he gave us a moon that shines and he wanted us to know that the sun is shining even in the midst of darkness. Like, he knew this was, I mean, it's, he didn't predict it, but he was, he had a knowledge, right? Before the foundation of the world, he was crucified. And if I was God, I'd be like, okay, so that happened. Okay, there was a fall. Now, the best way to get people on board is give them an escape button. Have them believe in you and then just leave and go to heaven. Because heaven is perfect. And perfect would be amazing, right? Like, can you imagine if our evangelism was, okay, you just say this prayer and then you get to go up, right? That would be amazing. Everybody would be like, oh, I'll come on board. I hate this life. You know what I mean? So they're, like, they'd be like, oh, yeah. But God has a purpose of why he likes redemption better than perfection. And why he is training a like-minded, like-hearted bride in the midst of, ugh. Why he keeps us here is there's a purpose. There is such a purpose. And it's not just that we would experience like the American dream. It's that we would experience becoming like-hearted and like-minded. And it would be in the midst of adv ad adversity. So crazy. I, it's just unbelievable that he did it this way. But guess what? Perfection, Lucifer's there, and it doesn't work out. He only has known perfection, and it did not work out. A person, <laughs> a creature, <laughs> I don't know if you ever thought about that, but a creature that has only known, known perfect conditions was unsettled. <laughs> 
And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to train them through willful decisions. I'm going to train them through overcoming love. I'm going to train them through having adversity and overcoming. It's crazy. But that's what he has ordained. Again, if it was all about just being in heaven, he's like, but I want to take over the earth. I get it. But that's still, like, it'd be better to just do it from heaven. Pow, pow. You know what I mean? Like, it would be <laughs> But he's like, no, I'm going to do it in a, this way. I'm going to use weak humans whose decisions really matter and whose words really count. And it will be over and over again. They're going to exercise it. So that's our framework for spiritual warfare. Because some people, like, again, it's not the favorite topic. Because it's like, oh, good, we get to talk about the devil. Um, <laughs> and by the way, he loves attention, right? So um, <laughs> we won't go that far into him. But I want us to see the main tactic of the enemy was to hurt our righteousness with him and with God and to hurt our righteousness with others. I want to say it was an issue of righteousness, right relationships. He wanted to destroy our relationship that we would feel ashamed, that we would feel um, distant, that we would feel like we have to do something in order to have right relationship. And then he wanted to destroy you said, well, he said, well, this, you know what I mean? That happened immediately. Like, why did you listen to him? Why, you know, like that type of thing. Why did you listen to her? And so that disunity is the, is the next strategy. He wants to bring division and, and break righteousness between people, between groups, between his body, and specifically amongst Christians. <laughs> specifically amongst those who have said yes to him. So, good news, we've won, right? That's great news. But it's, I mean, John Wimber made it famous, George Eldon Ladd wrote it, but it's the now and not yet principle. We've won, but the world is a mess. We want, Jesus is interceding, he's living to make intercession, and the world is a mess. <laughs> that's hard so it's the now and not yet and so then he puts he says it's like he made this D-Day V-Day thing where D-Day is when we won the war but is that right? D-Day is when we won the war V-Day is when the war ended so we had already won the war but it took time before the war was over and that's our spiritual, that is where spiritual warfare happens. It's the victory is ours. We get to enforce his righteousness throughout. Like we're an enforcer that he was releasing his righteousness. Does that make sense? Okay. So we're going to get into it. Our enemy. God wants us to know his devices. Now since the garden, guess what? He doesn't have to do much because we have a lot inside of us already, right? We have, a lot of, we have a lot of false thinking. We have a lot of flesh. We have a lot of lust. We have a lot going on. And so, and then there's the corruption of those around and the systems around us that make it like it's, it's, it's just is what it is. What we don't want to do is attribute that all to the enemy. 
He loves attention. So one of our first spiritual warfare tactics is don't just make everything the devil. Anything that's negative, oh, the devil. He likes that attention, and he'll keep doing it. <laughs> Even No, he won't keep doing it because it's probably you doing it. But <laughs> he just enjoys it. He'll just breathe a little bit on you. You know, but by the way, and it's not him too. It's his, it's his little cohorts, right? The devil only can be in one place at one time. We all know that, right? He's not omnipresent. He's only at one place at one time. So the devil himself is not attacking you. He may come in the form that it's him, but it's his cohort pretending it's him. Do you get that? Okay, so it's not like the devil is in one place right now. Therefore, he is not in this room. He's, he loves, I mean, I'm sure Frontier Church is a threat to him, but I don't think he's here. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> he may send an assignment here, but it's not him. And so one of the things we want to make sure we do is we do not want to attribute things to him that's not him. Okay? <laughs> if you do that... He has you wrapped around his little finger because he can just, little things will just keep you exalting him rather than God. Okay, so we want to, that's like an easy one. And what are his devices? His devices are so vast, but I'm going to just hit like five of them. His devices are deceit, lying, right? His device is um, division. Temptation, isolation, these are the things that the enemy uses. These are his tactics, right? Well, <laughs> how do we go against, how do we come against it? And how do we know the difference if it's our flesh or if it's the devil? Well, if one of those is, this is what I want to say, the most important spiritual warfare tactic is intimacy with Christ. You've got to get close to the king. And you've got to be with him every day. I would say prevention is your best protection. And if you get close to him, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a few examples. Years ago, I had this situation where a, a really amazing person in the body of Christ was saying, like, kind of some negative things about me. And he was a dear friend. So I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can make that better. I just need to meet with him. Like, because that's not true, and I, if I explain myself, it'll get better. And the Lord clearly told me, don't do that. And you're like, but it says in the Bible, make peace in every effort. Do, like, try hard to, to be at peace. And he goes, no, I enjoy what this misunderstanding is doing to you. <laughs> he goes, it's really unraveling you, and I like it. He goes, when it's time for them, when, when it's time for peace, they'll come to you and they'll apologize. Three years later, folks. He did, though. It happened. <laughs> but I had to be close to him. Because I could have blamed the enemy. That's the enemy. It wasn't. It was God. He said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring division. See that? <laughs> You're saying, God has that as a tactic, too? Yeah, he does. And you're like, what? What, would be, what would be the use of it? He wants to get our allegiance off of our reputation, off of self-preservation, onto him. There's nothing like being misunderstood that will unravel you. 
and God uses it. Now, the devil uses it too. <laughs> so one time I was having this conflict over and over and over with this person. I'm just like, and then you know when it's like you have this conflict and then you can't remember what it was a week later. It was like, it's not even a big deal anymore. You don't even remember the topic of it. So then I was like, Jesus, what's going on? Like, I'll do anything to make this go away. Anything. Like just, and so he woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and he spoke a verse to me. And he said, the devil sows tares. This is a demonic assignment over you. But Cheryl, last time he said he loves the misunderstanding. See, this is the thing. We have to be close to him. We don't want to shoot a gun just up in the air and just start shooting it. We don't fight aimlessly. We follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. So being close to him and his voice, he will lead us in how to do spiritual warfare. Because God doesn't want us to be reactors. He wants us to be responders. We can only be responders if we have a waiting posture consistently with him. Does that make sense? Like why it's good to be with him every day is so that we don't react to situations and say, I bind you, devil. Like, you know what I mean? We're responding to Jesus and he tells us what to do. We're responding to him. He is, our eyes are on him. It's not on the circumstances. It's not on the whatevers, the ad, adversarial situations. It's on Jesus, and Jesus tells us what to do. I'm going to use, um, so I had a dream years ago, and in the dream, it was my first night in the house of prayer. It was in 2001, and um, I've told this dream many times, but I'm going to tell it again. <laughs> In the dream, um, people had used my name for counterfeit purposes. I had no idea what that meant, but that was what was in the dream. They'd used my name for counterfeit purposes, and they were tied up, gagged, and raging mad. Raging mad. And so I was looking at them. I was like, I think, I don't think I'm going to have to speak. And I'm in a courtroom. I go, I, I, you know, there's like 14 couples, and they're all raging mad. And so then I said, you know what, I don't even think my lawyer's going to have to speak. And so then these two women in white come up to me. They start ministering to me right in the courtroom. And then at the end, this guy named Miss, <clears throat> Mr. Blue comes up and he goes, the Lord says unto you, you are my Esther. And I'm slain, <clears throat> I'm slain in the spirit. So I wake up out of that dream and I ask the Lord, God, what, what do you want from this? What are you hoping for from this? And he goes, be like Esther. Don't talk to your enemies and don't present an argument. I want you to simply give me a banquet like Esther gave the king. Just banquet me. Just fall in love with me. Every night when you come to the house of prayer, all I want you to do is banquet me. And that right there gave me a whole new perspective on, on, on spiritual warfare. If we get close to him, it's just like animals. Like if you think of sheep, if you think of, I was just at the monastery yesterday, deer. They all hang out together and they're close to the one who's protecting them. <laughs> they're close to the one protecting them. As soon as they get a little bit away from that, they're, they're, they're vulnerable to be attacked. 
So staying close to the king is our greatest spiritual warfare. I'm telling you, I wish I, I, I feel like I always speak on the same thing because I believe intimacy is everything. But I want to say, we are not to be ignorant of his devices. And I sometimes believe we get into formula rather than feasting on him. And we get into, what did the person preach on? I'll try that. Rather than just getting close to him and feasting on him. Another, I use, I mean, it's, a different, it's more graphic. But years ago, the Lord said, don't feed on formula, Cheryl. Feed on me. I'm nourishment. I'm nourishment. You don't need to feed on formula. That's a substitute for intimacy. And intimacy is your protection. Closeness to Jesus. <laughs> because let's just think of the storm, right? We sang about the storm. He sends, Jesus sends them into the storm. It's not the devil who sent them into the storm. Jesus sent them into a storm. When we experience storms, we always say, oh, it's the devil. It's not, Jesus sent them into the storm. <laughs> He knew what was going to happen. They should have just spent the night with him. And he's like, you know what I mean? Because he sent them on their way. This was the one when he walked out there. Then the, then the other one, he sends them out in another storm. He, he's the one who sent them into storms. We experience storms and we immediately judge them and say, oh, it's the devil doing it. No, we've got to get close to the one who can tell us. Because guess what? The devil does give storms. I believe that. I'm going to tell you one story. One time, um, one time, uh, I ha yeah, it's always dreams. That's how God speaks to me. But one time I had a dream, and in the dream, dream an Indian woman from India walked up to me, and I was, in a, um, I was in a dry cleaner. And so she comes into the door, and I start going, -da 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 -da. I start screaming in tongues. And I would never, you know, whatever. I would never do that. And so, like... <laughs> <laughs> so then I wake up and immediately it's one of those five minute like five second dreams it just feels so fast and immediately God interprets it like I don't even have time to think about it he's like there are Buddhists cursing your house of prayer they want to take you to the cleaners but I have a chant that is greater than theirs speak in tongues now, there's so many questions there for me. I was like, God, she's Indian. That's Hindu. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> first thing. Second thing that comes to my mind is, aren't Buddhists about peace? They're cursing us? Let me tell you, we did exactly what he said to do. We were given $5,000 immediately. Like, immediately. And I was like, oh, wow, that's real. Like, they are really cursing us. I read more on it, and, you know, I read that Vietnam vets, probably why they have so much mental anguish, is from Buddhist curse. <laughs> why there was way more mental anguish on that. We would never know that, though, just, like, guessing. This is the Lord. He instructs us and gives us strategy. When we fight the devil, we're not doing it just in our own strength. We are doing it in, and you're like, Cheryl, but do we have to fight the devil? He hates you, you guys. He hates you with the most cruel hatred. You take Hitler and you times him by a thousand. That's how much he hates you. And you're like, but no, yeah. I used to not think that. I used to think he was like a little cartoon character and like, oh, well, Jesus defeated you. And then I had a dream, and in the dream, he was 
he was puncturing my tires as intense as he could. I had been in an accident, not been hurt. He's like, I will, I will still stop you. I don't care how I have to. And I woke up and I'm like, whoa, he's cruel. He's cruel. And he hates me with everything in his heart. And when we think of that, know that he wants to rob you from this and rob you from this. He wants to rob you from this, and he wants to rob you from this. And he will look for ways to do it. Our closest thing, to, I mean, our, our most effectual thing is to get close to Jesus because he'll tell you about it. <laughs> he will keep you aware. Our second most effectual, I'm going to say it is so effectual. I'm sorry we haven't gone to the Bible, but we're going to get there. We'll go there a few times. But I just want, I want to share um, 2 Corinthians 2. That's where it says we're not ignorant of his devices. Verse, um, let me find it. I'm going to grab water. I might need more. <laughs> My, it's, it's hot in here to me for some reason, but... <laughs> 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10 and 11. We'll just start with 11 because it says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Right before that, he says, Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I forgive anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Jesus' greatest ministry is not healing. Jesus' greatest ministry is not prophecy. Jesus' greatest ministry is forgiveness. It is the ministry he does the most of. He forgives the most. He is the only one of all the gods that that's his big thing. Forgiveness. And he's like, that's going to be your big thing. That's a weapon in your hand to defeat the enemy. He wants you to not like God and he wants you to live at a distance from God and he wants you to not like people around you and to distrust them. And guess what is the best road to that? Forgive. 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 But I love being understood. I love it so much. You know what that is? That's the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh says, I must be understood. I must explain every detail of what I'm feeling. <laughs> you think it's all sexual. It's not. Lust of the flesh can be, you must understand me. I will take hours to explain it. <laughs> and you're like, but Cheryl, there is good things about that. It's true, but we spend a little too much time on it. Especially American culture. We love our independence and we love being understood. And Jesus was the most misunderstood person that has ever lived. He was completely misunderstood. He came to his own and his own did not understand him. And he did not spend all day trying to explain it. He's like, if they understand, perfect. If they don't, but forgive them. They don't, do not know what they're doing. So a weapon of our warfare. Ah, oh, this is huge for the body. 
This is huge for the body because we're Protestants. We protest. And we use the carnal, the carnal weapons of this world, which is argue and reason and try to make it be peaceful because we explained it well. Or we argued enough or we proved we were right. Oh, we have to let it go. We are losing the war. <laughs> we will lose it if we divide on a consistent basis and don't freely forgive. Freely forgive. As we have been forgiven, we forgive. Oh my gosh, I love this. I feel this so strong. When I, I barely slept last night, by the way, and I was like, I never barely sleep. And I was like, God, why am I barely sleeping? There were cats, and it's like... It's mating season. Um, but um, <laughs> so they were the ones, but I was like, I think a demon woke them up or something. You know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I feel like, uh, <laughs> so, but I feel like this right here, if we grab hold of this, because one of the things I've learned is, um, and we overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Rather than explaining ourselves, go pray for a little bit. Go pray for a little bit and apply the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb, which reconciles all things in earth and I mean, in heaven and on earth. That's Colossians 1.20. He said, the blood reconciles everything and you have it at your hands. You have it out of your mouths. Take time to move in spiritual warfare by moving in forgiveness. Oh my gosh, I love that. You know where it says, be angry and do not sin? That comes out of um, Psalm 4, where it says, you know what you need to do? When you get angry, you need to go to your room, sit alone, and don't open your mouth. Meditate within your heart. That's the opposite of what we do, especially women. Okay, but maybe men. <laughs> And he said, if you do that, you know what will happen? You'll offer a sacrifice of righteousness. Our main goal in spiritual warfare is we are releasing the righteousness of Christ, whether it's in heaven towards our relationship with God or on the earth. Does that make sense? Amen. So I want to ask right now, we're going to wait, we're going to wait on the Lord for just one moment. We're going to keep going, but we're going to wait on the Lord for one moment here. And we're going to ask the Lord, God, is there places where I'm being taken advantage of because I'm not giving forgiveness? Where the enemy is taking advantage of me. That's what it says in that scripture. We're being taken advantage of because we won't freely forgive. Okay, so we're going to ask the Lord. We're just going to close our eyes for a moment. And I just, I want us to just do spiritual warfare right now. <laughs> we're going to ask the Lord, is there a place where we are where we're being taken advantage of in a relationship. God, show us. We just come to you and we say, show us. Any areas where we're just being taken advantage of because we we're not open to forgive or we haven't even thought of forgiving.
Now, if, you, if you're shown something, just freely forgive right now. It's all in the spirit, and it, it, it means something. And if it's hard for you to do, I want you to cling to the blood of Jesus and say, God, just pour your blood inside of me that I would be open where I'm closed. God, just open me. Amen. We're going to keep on that later. Maybe we'll do a little bit more there. But I would encourage you to ask Jesus, Jesus, do you want me to go to that person? Because our weapons, they're not carnal. They're effective to the pulling down of strongholds. When we use these weapons that have been given to us, they pull down strongholds. Where people have felt isolated. I don't want to trust again. I don't want to get close again. Whatever those things are. He's like, oh, I'm going to open that up. The enemy will not take advantage of you there. Amen. I want to share too. You know, Mary, I, I, I want to share this because it's my favorite thing to share on. And I, it fits in spiritual warfare. But Jesus said one thing is needed. And when he said it, he was talking about a woman who sat at his feet and listened to him. Sat at his feet and listened to him. The woman, the other woman, Martha, she was distracted. And you know what happened? She was serving God at a distance. And you know what happened? She accused him of not caring. She accused him of not caring. Do you not care? And when we serve God at a distance, when we busy ourselves with so much activity, we spend very little time with him. Let me tell you, the enemy can have a heyday with us. I appreciated what he said, but God's love language is time. You cannot do a bunch of activity and that takes up for that, oh, well, I did all that, God, for you. That'll, that'll make up for the lost time we have had together. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. And no one can do it for you. You have to spend time. And let me tell you, Jesus woke up early, stayed up late, and stayed up all night to have a prayer life. And he's not religious, and he's very secure. He knows the goodness of his father, but he's like, it's important. I must be with my father. I'm doing a lot of ministry, but it's not enough. I wake up early and I stay up late. Oh, yeah, I'm going to convict you. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I feel like, no, because I, wanted, I feel this so strong. When you, when, if I was to tell you what world religion is a house of prayer, the first one that comes to mind is not Christianity. It's Islam, folks. They are a house of prayer. They pray three times a day, rain, shine, whatever, hard work, all day, they pray. And you're like, but Cheryl, they're orphans. Yes, and that is a bad part of it. We're not orphans. So we have this amazing aspect. We're not insecure. We don't pray out of insecurity, but he's going to make us a house of prayer. That is why he is going to make us a house of prayer, not a house of preaching, a house of prayer. And he is going to make us a people that will pray. 
And that means, what is that? It's not like, da, 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 like that. It's no, it's just being with him. Just spending time every day. Yeah, amen. Okay. <laughs> because this is the thing she does. Martha says, do you not care? And then she tells Jesus, something you never want to do when, when you're having a house guest over. Tell her. Tell her to help me. She makes a demand on him. She tells him what to do. So not only is she accusing him, maybe you don't care, she's also telling him what to do. And let me tell you, when we serve God at a distance, we will start telling him what to do. And we don't want to be those people. We want to be responders. We want to hear his voice and then do what he's saying. But we want to do it every day. Amen. Oh, I'm, I feel like, cause you guys have been on this prayer series, so we're ending it today. So I'm going to, we're going to do a call on this because God is, it's, it's his love language to give him time. You got to give him time. And guess what? Jesus is the poster board for this. So it's not little ladies and it's not young ladies. It's Jesus Christ, a man. Because a lot of people want to make women the prayer people. That is so, oh, Jesus. Help us because Jesus is the prayer guy. Jesus is the prayer guy. And his disciples were supposed to be prayer people, right? He kept telling them, come pray with me. Um, amen. Okay. Last but not least, with that, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When God speaks to us his word, it releases faith in our hearts. When we just like read things to just read them, it's not the same thing. When we hear it, from his voice speaking back to us, it does something. So when we read the Bible, we need to take a little bit of time and let him share it with us. Just a little bit of time because it will release faith. And faith is a shield which will, which will cause all the fiery darts to be dis, you know, extinguished. None of them can get in. But if we are, our faith is built on doing just... I'll, I'll just read this list. It may not work to the same degree. Okay? Now, saying that, the word of God is one of our, our weapons, right? And the word of God is what is, is the sword, which is making us on offense, that we can actually hurt him. And it says the gates of hell will not prevail, meaning we can actually take ground through the word of God. So the word of God, not our just amazing vision, but the word of God causes us to take ground. So God has words, and I bet you you have words even for this year, and you're going to take ground through those words. And the gates of hell will not prevail. God has given you, and it's interesting, I'm sure, how many of you have heard Havila Cunningham speak on this? Have you heard her speak on this subject? She talks about the big sword. And the big sword is like to build endurance with a Roman soldier. They would wear a big sword so that they would get endurance to keep walking. Right? But they would never use that. They would use the little javelin. Is that right, Colin? What is it? That's it. 
<laughs> they would use that, <laughs> the dagger, and they would use that to, to, to go against their enemy, right? So that those are, this is Kronos words, these are Kairos words, right? You know how the enemy likes to attack you. You're aware of it. You know whatever areas he's tried to breed insecurity, isolation, um, shame, whatever that is, you know how he likes to get at you. And if you don't, ask the Lord, how does the enemy like to get at me? And then give me a word to use when he does. A very specific word. A word that will work. It is written, right? And so that is, I love that because God will use our, our chronos, but then he wants our kairos. So I'm going to ask, I like to do it all the way through. We're almost done. You're going to ask the Lord, God, hopefully we have Bibles. We have Bibles on our phones. And like, ask the Lord, God, what is a kairos word that I can fight the enemy with in this season? And you're... I need to really say this really quick. You're like, Cheryl, but we don't just fight the enemy. I want to tell you something. If you are effective for God, you will be fighting the enemy. If you're advancing the kingdom, the enemy is not going to just let you do that. I promise you he's not like, oh, yeah, go for it. He will fight you. And we need to, like, I just remember when I was going through a certain season and it would, there were certain things that would make me want to spiral, I got Kairos words. And those words is what I fought with. And guess how long I fought with them? About three months. And then it was gone, never to be seen again. Maybe two years later, and then I just used it again, and then it was over. Okay, this is what God can do. If you have eating issues... God wants to have you, because the enemy's breath on eating issues will make it harder. If you have um, plagued, like, thoughts of truth that is, I mean, of lies that are not true about you, God wants you to fight it. But let me say with something else, you have a relational strife issue that is being bred by the enemy, not by God, but by the enemy. He wants you to fight he doesn't want to say, well, whenever it happens, it happens. He's like, no, let's fight. Okay, so we're going to ask the Lord, is there a word you want to give to me today that I will fight with? Let's just ask him. <laughs> ask the Lord. He knows the Bible better than you. He can give you scriptures. He's amazing. Let's just ask him. Just even some work-related issues where it could be the enemy blocking things. I just feel like the Lord wants to give you strategy, just a word for that.
Amen. I'm just going to, I want you to stay with that. And it, it, even throughout this week, just ask the Lord, how do you want to equip me with weapons? You know, in Song of Solomon, where it says, kiss me with the kisses of your word, or kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. That word kisses means to be equipped with weapons. That word is, he's like, I give you things to put in your mouth that when it comes out of your mouth, it's like a weapon. Like it's in your mouth to be used as a weapon. Um, I also just sense right when I was saying that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're never against people. But guess what? Demons can use people. <laughs> so even though we're not, we're not against the person, there's a demon that's maybe affecting that person. And so guess what? We pray. We don't have to tell them, hey, a demon's using you. Like we just, we just, <laughs> we don't say that. We just pray it. We just pray it through and we help, we fight in that way. My, the blood of the lamb is such an important aspect. May we use the blood more. It says these are the three witnesses on the earth, the blood, the water, and the spirit. I think we need to use, the, like, wash people. They feel dirty. Maybe that's why they're treating you the way they do. Wash them. <laughs> like, but we're not going to, we don't have to use the same elements that we, that the earth is given to. Like, I just think of even counseling appointments and how a lot of times we have to explain, 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 explain. We have peace available to us. He's just, he's peace. He can come and release his peace. He's unbelievable. Amen. Okay. I'm going to finish with this. Praise. I love listening to praise, but singing it is powerful. Why? Because out of your mouth, you are agreeing with who God is. And guess what? Because there's music in it, it's at your heart is aligning, not just your mind. Because music is involved in praise, and we're saying, you are good. You're a good, good father. And it's coming out of our mouths. We love to hear our own voice. That actually affects us. But then our heart is being impacted because there's music. And that's going to protect us. It's like prevention is the most amazing protection because we're constantly telling the truth about who God is, and we're agreeing with it. Right? Agreement with God will always, if, just think if, if, if Eve had done that, it would have been over. If she would have agreed with what God had said, it would have been over. So agreement is always where we want to go. And we have praise. It says praise in our mouths and a double-edged sword in our hands. That's the word of God, Psalm 149. This is how we fight. This is how we fight. Now... I feel like, I feel it was a privilege for me to come. I felt awkward for it because I have no idea what was talked about the rest of the time. And then I got that amazing, like, no one would call me the spiritual warfare girl. I'm more the intimacy girl. But I feel like there's a reason why I came on the last day of this series. So God named his house one thing. And this is called pie hop, which is, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what God called this house. He called this house a house of prayer, and it was for all of eternity. He's never renaming it. Meaning, in heaven they do it, and on earth they do it. 
And we've relegated it sometimes to a gift. Oh, they have a gift of intercession. That's not in here. Oh, they have a call of intercession. Not in here. No, we're the house of prayer, and it's all of us. We have been called to pray. And I feel like it's like a family business. When you belong to a family, you got to do the business. My, my grandfather was a garage door installer. We all knew about it. We all knew, understood garage doors. I still understand garage doors. Like, it just came with being part of the family. That's, we are part of a family called the house of prayer. And God wants prayer to be out of your mouth as eloquent as out of anyone's mouth. Because it's who you are. You are a house of prayer. Oh, I love that this is how Frontier Church is starting this year. And I just feel like I want us to be open-hearted because this is what humans tend to do. Oh, that's just not me. Oh, that's not me. No, this is you, and I'm telling you, it's you. It is you. You are a praying people. And this is what you will be known for is you know how to pray. Out of all the things you could be known for, God is going to make you a people of prayer. And I, in 10 years, like let's just say 10 years ago, I would have never guessed. No, I could make it 20 maybe, but 10. Let's just say 10. I would have never guessed that a Presbyterian would sing, I want to burn for you. But Holy Spirit has done it. He has caused worship to go into all the denominations, and they sing Hillsong songs. They sing Bethel songs. They, like, who would have ever guessed? That would have been, un we'd have to explain so much and do it, but God has done it. God has done it. This is what he's going to do, too. We will be known as a people of prayer, and we won't have to look, oh, let me call this person. They pray. No, you pray. You pray. You pray for your, and I want to tell you, fathers especially, husbands especially, you are to pray and pray consistently for your family. You are the head. You are the priest. You are the, like, you know what I mean? You are, to, you are meant to bring covering to your family. And you're like, but I just like hanging out with them. Awesome, but you need to pray with them. And then... I mean, we're all called to be priests, but I feel like men, I'm calling you into this in greater ways. Because women, especially women at Frontier Church, you're already into it. I already know. Like, not, maybe not. Okay, but most of you. <laughs> but men, this is for you. This is for you. You are the prayer person. You are called to spend long time with God. And you're like, Cheryl, half an hour, please, no more. Okay, half an hour. That's fine. Give him a half an hour every day. But please don't give him 10 minutes while he's dry. Like, this is, like, let's just think about Jesus one more time. Jesus sends him on a boat. That's a long trip. That could feel like, you know, a commute in L.A. And he doesn't use it to pray. That's not prayer to him. He's like, I have to go be alone on a mountain. Sorry. But anyway, I'm not really sorry because we've relegated prayer to like, I'll just do it while I'm going. Let me tell you, your girlfriend or wife doesn't like that either. Oh, we'll just we'll just have we'll just talk while we're going. 
No, nobody likes that. You've got to give him undistracted time. Undistracted time. I'm going to say it one more time. <laughs> because this will, we will go down in history as the most distracted generation in the history of the world. But guess what? One thing. We're going to be different. We're going to be marked in a different way. We will be an... Uh, he's... One thing I do. I set my face to the excellence of Jesus Christ. One thing I seek after. I'm going to behold your beauty. I'm going to dwell in your presence. We are going to be this. Because it's really interesting. He says, be sober, be watchful, be vigilant. Be sober, be watchful, be vigilant. He knew he was, who he was talking to. We would all have these, and they would be the most distracted things ever. And he's like, no, you're going to have to set it down, and you're going to have to be sober, be vigilant, and be watchful. I'm going to say, oh, oh. And even if you have kids, you're going to have to do this, folks. It is the most important time to do it. Wake up early, stay up late. Okay. You're like Cheryl. Okay, but I'm just going to do it. I'm going to call you. I feel like the Holy Spirit brought me here to convince some of you. You are a person of prayer. You are the person of prayer. And you're going to spend long times with him. And it's not just for your wife to do or your pastor to do. It is for you to do. Amen. She's receiving it. She's like, that is me. <laughs> One thing. Amen. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to just pray, and I'm going to ask you to respond. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit first to come. He's already here, but I'm going to ask him to come in a little bit more powerful way. And then I'm going to just ask the Lord to come with fire. I feel that. Jesus wants to empower his church in this way. He's like, my house will be called the house of prayer. I'm going to release fire. Because <sighs> we can't do it in our own strength. We, none of us can. Even Cheryl, the house of prayer leader, can't do it in my own strength. I'll give up immediately. It's God's fire is the fuel. So Holy Spirit, would you just come? <sighs> These precious people who are yours who you have set yourself as a seal upon with the most vehement fire. I ask now, God, would you just release that vehement fire afresh upon them? I ask for fire upon them. And I ask specifically in the area of prayer, would you release fire on that altar? Whoa. Whoa. And I just feel like the Lord wants some of you just to stand up to respond and say, God, I want to do this again. I'm going to sign up again to be a person of prayer. Whoa! Oh! It's God's passion. He lives to make intercession. So we ask, Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that is in Jesus Christ, would you arise in this people? Would you freshly consecrate them to be your house, your house, your house, doing your business? Whew. Thank you, God. Whew. And I just ask 
Any condemnation just come off in the name of Jesus. Yuck, not to wear that. Clean garments. Whoa. Yeah, like you did for Joshua the priest. In one moment, you gave him these gorgeous garments and a turban. Whew, I just asked, move in this room. Whew. Yeah, and I just asked for your zeal. Your zeal, Jesus, not our own. Yours, yours, Jesus, your zeal. Whew. Holy, holy, holy. Whoa, it's better than Netflix. It's better than Instagram. The presence of Jesus. Whoo, better. Better than that legitimate wine. Better. Better, 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 better. Whoo. <laughs> Whoo. Thank you, God. Whoa. You're coming for an equally yoked bride. Full of agreement. Whew. Thank you, God. And I just feel this so strong. I didn't, I was scared to say it because I'm that house of prayer girl that's intense. But I feel like be watchful and pray. Be watchful and pray. Be watchful and pray. <laughs> be watchful. We pray for eyes, eyes right now that are filled with so many images. Would you just clean them, clean them, clean them? Clean them. Just wipe them clean, God. Just clear them out. We pray for our image centers to be cleared out, that we can be watchful. We can look through your eyes, God. Whoa. Ho. Thank you, God. Ho. Whew. I just sense, whoa, that the Lord is going to do really special things with you guys. <laughs> And you're going to just be excited to wake up early. <laughs> I know that sounds hard, but you're going to get excited. I feel like because it's his zeal. He's going to let you get excited. And guess what? He's going to wake you up. We just say, God, give us permission. Wake us up. In the middle of the night, we just say, God, where we would want to, like, go to sleep. And you just are like, could you just stay up with me one more hour? Give us grace, God. Give us grace. And we just pray right now, dove's eyes, dove's eyes, dove's eyes. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit a little bit more. Fire, God. Fire. <sighs> Ooh, consuming fire. Yeah, not like the world gives, but only what you give. Whew, fire. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I just pray where there's been boredom in prayer, that there would be freedom, 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 and so much joy, 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 and so much just, ah, oh, fascination. Fascination. Thank you, God. Fascination in prayer. Fascination. Revelation in prayer. Thank you, God. I'm just going to pray for one more, just one more dose, God. Just free them from any fear, fear of failure. I've done this before. 
God, we just ask that just any fear of failure, just lift it off of them. Lift it off. Lift it off. I have set you apart. I just feel the Lord saying, I have set you apart. I have set you apart for myself. I have so much to give you. I have the finest wheat. I have the sweetest honey. I have the sweetest honey. I'm going to fill you. I'm going to fill you with so much abundance. I'm going to fill you. You who have no skills, no money, I'm going to fill you. I'm going to do it. 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 I'm going to help you. And even when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit will pray through you. You waken our ears morning by morning as ones who hear. Yeah, it's on you. I just feel like some of you, listening is going to come back. Your ears are going to be open. Listening is coming back. And for some of you who've never fully heard, it's, yeah, uncorking, uncorking, uncorking. Yeah. Responders, not reactors, responders. Thank you, God. <laughs> oh. And this is part of the frontier, de- like, calling. You're going through the frontier of prayer. I just feel like you're going to forge through that, and you're going to lead many with you. I feel like you're going to be an example. Similar to what's happening to Upper Room, I just feel like the Lord will bring his own DNA through you, and, and, and you'll lead people in this. You're going to teach people how to pray. Thank you, God. I just bless these ones. You've, oh, I just feel like there's so much treasure in this room, and it's going to be opened up, and you're going to instruct many. I just feel that, and it's going to be, oh, yeah, it's so many, so many fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers. I just bless you. I bless you, and I just thank you, God, for all that you've done, Lord, in this past. In Jesus' name, amen. I have, I, I can just say I needed that, I needed that. <laughs>